we're speaking with Mark Barden. He is co-founder and CEO of Sandy Hook Promise Action Fund. Mark, welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. Good morning, Deborah. Thank you for having me. Mark, would you please tell our listeners who may not be familiar with Sandy Hook Promise and the work that it does, what is this organization and what is its mission? Sure. So uh, Sandy Hook Promise is a nonprofit violence prevention uh, organization that was founded in the wake of the Sandy Hook school shooting, uh, from, which happened on December 14, 2012. In that shooting, uh, my seven-year-old son, Daniel, was shot to death in his first grade classroom. And, and this organization was, uh, was founded uh, in the aftermath of that with, with a very simple um, objective of preventing other families from having to live this lifetime of pain uh, of losing a loved one to what we know is preventable gun violence. And uh, we have done a lot of work in the, in the ensuing years, uh, now almost 10 years, um, to, to achieve just that. And, and we are achieving just that through our, our um, Know the Signs violence prevention programs and also uh, through the policy that we've been able to craft and pass uh, at federal and state level. And we have had uh, tremendous success. We have prevented numerous school shootings, other mass casualty events, um, we have uh, intervened on hundreds of suicides from students who are trained in our Know the Science programs, uh, as well as uh, addressing other social issues such as bullying and eating disorders and cutting and, and, a, and a whole range. Uh, so uh, it, it's, hard, it's hard to wrap it up in, in a few sentences, Deborah, but uh, um, the, the work of Sending Her Promise is, is national in scope. Uh, we have an incredible team of nearly 100 folks around the country who deliver this work at no cost to schools and communities across the country. So you have representatives travel throughout the United States from what you're saying. How is this work actually done? So, yeah, we are, uh, we have more than, more than, more than, a lot more than half of our staff is, is located in other states. I think we have uh, staff in maybe 23 states now. And um, we have a, a kind of a main headquarters uh, building in Newtown, Connecticut, um, we have, have a, an office space for our policy team, our C4, which is located in Washington, D.C. And we have a crisis center, which is staffed with um, trained uh, um, crisis counselors in Miami, Florida. Mark, I know that there has been advancement in anti-gun control legislation at both the federal and state levels. However, what more needs to be done? So we have made some progress, uh, as you said, at the state and federal level um, in just safety protocols and and policy uh, that will help prevent the loss of life to, you know, acts of gun violence. Um, there's certainly so much more that can be done. Um, we regulate everything else in this country for the safety of the people who use these products. Uh, but the, um, the interesting contrast is that um, toy guns are more regulated, uh, teddy bears are more regulated for safety uh, than our actual uh, weapons. And uh, we know that there is so much that we can do uh, to, to make the sale and storage and use of uh, firearms and weapons uh, safer 
without infringing on anyone's Second Amendment right to own. Uh, and this is based on research. We, we know that there are uh, policies that will save lives and prevent tragedies uh, that will be consistent with, within the confines of the Second Amendment. And we just need to get more folks vocal. We know that the vast majority of responsible gun owners, um, really all responsible gun owners, uh, would agree with that. And we know that they agree with that because they tell us that. Um, and most Americans agree with that. Um, so we need to uh, we need to get those folks um, more vocal and demanding that their legislators uh, vote in their favor, uh, in the favor of the safety and well-being of their constituents. Mark, what about the mental health aspect related to gun violence? Does more need to be done in that aspect as well? Um, of course, we can always uh, we can always do better with with um, providing folks access to quality mental health care, but there's not a correlation between that and our shooting epidemic that we're suffering here in the United States. Uh, the the statistics and the, the research uh, very clearly uh, tell us that um, folks who are suffering with mental health issues are more likely to be the victim of gun violence than a perp- perpetrator. Uh, and the other countries, every other country, it's a human issue, right? So every other country um, has has the same gamut of of, um, of its, at that spectrum of mental health and wellness. Uh, it's the United States that has easy access to nearly 400 million guns is what sets us apart, and it's why our gun violence numbers are, you know, many many several times higher than that of every other um, civilized nation. So the answer is yes. <clears throat> Folks will benefit from improved mental health uh, access and and, uh, services, Uh, but it's not what's driving our shooting epidemic here in the United States. What do you feel is driving it? Um, uh, A part of it is cultural. Part of it is, um, a lot of it is lax lax laws, uh, inconsistent laws, uh, laws vary widely from state to state. You know, people talk to the shooting epidemic uh, that the city of Chicago was suffering and uh, claimed that, you know, because Chicago has uh, a good gun policies that uh, the, the laws are not working. Um, but the reality is, is that um, the vast majority of crime guns used in Chicago are coming from other states, neighboring states like Indiana uh, and, and other states, Mississippi and Alabama. That's where those guns are coming from, from states, who, you know, folks are exploiting the loose gun regulations in other states and bringing them to other places. So there, there are things like straw purchases, trafficking, safe storage, uh, and um, federal um, uh, universal background check uh, provision, all of which will help uh, working together, will help bring down the numbers of the nearly 40,000, maybe more than 40,000 Americans who die every year to uh, gun-related tragedies. Mark, in the aftermath of Sandy Hook, how are the victims' families and relatives doing today, and how can people help out? Uh, I mean, speaking speaking for myself and my own family, um, you know, this, this pain never goes away. Um, I know a lot of folks point to that tragedy as something that happened 10 years ago, but, you know, our little seven-year-old son, the, the youngest of my three children, um, was brutally and violently uh, murdered in his classroom, and... That's something you never get over. That's something you will always live with. And 
Um, I am fortunate that I have a uh, large and very supporting, supportive and loving family. Uh, we have a very supportive community here in, in Sandy Hook where we live, and um, we are very fortunate. There are folks around this country who are suffering the ravages of gun violence and losing loved ones uh, who don't have that, that support. And they're not making the news. Um, but as far as my family, um, I, I kind of keep myself sustained through um, taking care of my surviving children, James and Natalie, and um, the love and support for my wife, Jackie, um, my music career, and doing the work with Sandy Hook Promise, and knowing that we are literally preventing these things from happening to other people across the country. Mark, how can people get involved, if they wish, with Sandy Hook Promise or in efforts to stop gun violence? So, yeah, we, uh, like I said, we have been tremendously successful with our Know the Science programs, training students across the country who are taking those trainings seriously and acting immediately and actually preventing mass casualty events, mass shootings, and suicides. Um, and we deliver those programs at no cost to those schools, and that's all because of our uh, base of generous um, supporters and, and donors. And so there are lots of ways to get involved with Sandy Hook Promise. I mean, folks can come to the website, which is just sandyhookpromise.org, and, and find something that resonates with you. Uh, you can donate your time. You can help volunteer. You can help us get the word out. Um, like I said, these trainings don't cost uh, the schools anything, um, but we use the dollars from our donors to do that. So if, uh, if, if, you, can, if you can help us in that way, um, you'll allow us to train more students. And like I said, it all goes right back into our trainings. We have a um, state-of-the-art call center in Miami where folks are trained bilingual crisis counselors or multilingual crisis counselors um, who, who are saving lives every day. And this, this work will continue. We will continue to grow in the longer term. Strategy is to build a culture of upstanders, of students who know the importance and the value of looking out for one another and being more connected with one another and being trained to observe those warning signs and then connecting somebody to help before it becomes a tragedy or anything more serious. And in that vein, Mark, uh, what are the warning signs? When uh, should someone contact authorities, alert police or alert school authorities? What should they look out for? Sure. Well, we have all of that uh, uh, available on our website, Deborah, because there are many. And not one of them or not any number of them uh, necessarily indicate that somebody is on a pathway to creating violence. Uh, but uh, every one of them should be treated seriously and folks should look into that. Somebody maybe need a conversation from a parent or, or a trusting adult, or maybe it's a life safety issue and there needs to be uh, an immediate intervention made by first responders. Uh, but some of them uh, could include uh, changes in behavior, changes in friend, friend groups. Uh, bullying, being bullied, uh, withdrawal, isolation, uh, all of those things are some of the early warning signs that we train our students how to look for. And our students are in these social media platforms where they are the only eyes and ears. Their parents aren't in there. Their, their educators aren't in there. Uh, so we train them uh, to what these warning signs are, how to look for them, and that they should be looking for them and then uh, tell them to tell a trusted adult. And they can do that either in person or via um, uh, email or text, or they can report that anonymously to our crisis center, which is available to them 24 hours a day. Um, and the system works. The students really, really resonates with them. They kind of run the Say Something program. They run the Start With Hello program. Uh, they're empowered by it. They take it seriously, and it's really effective. Mark, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you'd like to say? 
I think we've covered a, a lot of ground, Deborah. Uh, I guess just ask folks to come to our website and kind of learn more about Sandy Hook Promise. It's, uh, it's a wonderful program. We have a great team of folks working uh, and making this so successful. The students love it. The teachers love it. The parents love it. Uh, we just need to get it out there to, to more communities and, and school districts and states across the country. Mark, thank you very much for your time and for being with the 77 WABC Early News. Thank you, Deborah. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.